I wanted to start off by taking a moment to recognize the um, some of the uh, the Wingland teams that get less attention compared to say your Patriots. Celtics, Bruins, it's more of a niche crowd. Uh, first off, the Connecticut Sun of the WNBA. Unreal second half, post-All-Star, post-Olympics. Um, th- thing they have going on here to where they're, I think they've won nine of the last 10 games. They're 20-6. and six. They got the best record in the entire league, um, are, are dominating the Eastern Conference, if you want to be that specific. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's really with um, John Kel Jones, who she is averaging almost 20 points a game, fourth in the league, 10.9 rebounds, which is first in the league. And you also have Dewana Bonner, Brianna Jones, and Jasmine Thomas, all with 10 plus points per game as well. So, really good compliments to a player like John Kel Jones, who is still to me um, seems like would be the, the MVP of the league this year, especially the the uh, success that she's bringing um, or helping the Connecticut Sun bring. Uh, so, you know, the, the Western Conference is going to be extremely tough, especially when it comes playoff time. I'm very certain that it, it, the seeds end up being combined, like the Eastern and Western Conference doesn't really matter. Uh, when it comes to playoff seeding, but yeah, like the the Sun, the Sun have a six game advantage over the Chicago Sky, who are second in the East but sixth best in the entire league. Um, when you look at the Western Conference, that would be the teams that are a little bit more problematic. So let's see, you have the uh, Vegas Aces who are a game back of the Sun, uh, Seattle Storm three games back, and then you also have the Minnesota Lynx who are. Um, we're four games back from the Suns. Could include the Phoenix Mercury in there, four and a half behind. So that's really where the threat's going to be is those four top teams in the Western Conference. Um, it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy how different uh, the the conferences are. I mean, the Western Conference. I guess we kind of saw that in the NBA a couple of years ago, but in the WNBA this season, the Western Conference is definitely much more competitive. Um, and yeah, you have the fourth best team in the Western Conference, the Phoenix Mercury, on the rise, winning six games in a row at this point. Um, those Suns have won, the, the, not the Suns, the Sun have won eight in a row. So they're matching whatever any of the other WNBA teams are bringing. But yeah, it's it's gonna be it's still gonna be a really difficult uh, playoff run, regardless of what seed the Sun end up getting. Hopefully they they get the um the best team in the regular season there that does make the playoffs a little bit easier considering uh, I'm pretty sure about this but if you're like a top two seed I think you get a double buy in the playoffs the way it's formatted um so it's it's definitely a unique playoff format and it's something uh that yeah they they really put emphasis on being a top seed so the way it looks right now i mean the sun can definitely ride momentum they're 13 and one at home which is super important um that they do get that top seed remain with that home court advantage for the WNBA playoffs so but yeah it's it's looking really good like i said with john kelly jones playing the way she is then you had the compliments from bonner uh brianna jones and jasmine thomas it's um it's working out well for them and the other 
New England team that's doing really good. This is this is in the MLS Major League Soccer. The New England Revolution are just dominating right now. Uh, top team in the MLS by seven points. Top team in just the Eastern Conference by fourteen points, which is um, just insane. Uh, so it's, and I think the thing that you that um, or the player that is really the the biggest factor i would say the mvp is goalie matt turner and turner represented um or was playing on team usa for some of their gold cup matches led to victories there uh, a big factor i mean i think he was a big factor in the um in the mls all-star game where i think they played the the top tier, uh, what was that? Liga MX. Uh, they played their all stars. So Mexico's top tier league. They played their all stars, and Turner was clutch in the penalty shootouts there. Obviously, that doesn't really count for for much, but you still, as MLS all stars, still want to get that win. Um, but yeah, so he's just been good wherever he <laughs> is competing. Well, that's what Team USA, MLS All Star Team, the Wingland Revolution. Uh, so that is a big reason why that um that they're they're in the position they are and i i think at this point it is it's real tough for anybody anywhere any so-called expert in mls to to discredit what the new england revolution are doing um there's i think there was at points earlier in the season when the um the difference in the standings, the difference in the points was was less than it is now. And they were still putting teams like, say, Seattle and the Western Conference over them. Um, I mean, heck, they might have had Kansas City over them at a certain point. I'm trying to think of who else they might have had. I think that was that's probably about it. But but yeah, so so now that they're, they're really recognizing um, the New England Revolution, they understand that there are a super good team um, with five, uh, 15, 15 wins, only four draws, only four losses. And like I said, they got 49 points. They're 14 ahead of Orlando City and Nashville for for second. I mean, sorry, for their first. And then if you're talking first in the entire league, uh, including yeah, Eastern and Western Conference, the seven-point lead over the Seattle Sounders. So uh, they are in a really good spot to have um, to get that one buy uh, that that teams receive uh, because it's it's the way the MLS uh, playoff format is that seven teams from each conference advance two through seven play in the first round and then the lowest seed I believe the lowest seed would play the New England Revolution if they keep the one seed in the east very likely so that's so that's good so yeah both the Connecticut Sun and New England Revolution leading their respective leagues and are getting the credit they deserve from the writers and, and experts that do the power rankings. So that's super good for New England. And hopefully when the as the Patriots season is set to begin in about two weeks as the Bruins and Celtics begin to get on the ice and hardwood, uh, hopefully that trend continues for New England sports. So the final race of the NASCAR regular season was at Daytona uh, Motor Speedway, and it was 
eventful. There was, of course, you're going to have like the big one, they call it. Um, so there's a major crash, nothing crazy to where you had like Ryan Newman flipping over and you thought his life was at risk. What was that at the start of last NASCAR season? So February 2020 before the pandemic. How about that? Um, so, yeah, so the, the biggest, I think, uh, the thing that had the most intrigue with it was if you're going to have a driver who was not in the playoffs um, prior to the race, just based on the standings, if they were going to somehow pull off a miraculous win and, and get that to get that berth. But I think um, realistically, the biggest battle was just be- between Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick, two teammates. And I think Austin Dillon had a, a the, the lead going in. So he had that final playoff spot and Tyler Reddick needed to put a put up a very good performance in order to surpass Austin Dillon. And he did. Austin Dillon didn't finish the race because he was involved in one of those wrecks towards the end. And then Tyler Reddick somehow with I mean, that car looked so beat up <laughs> in um going down uh, pit lane there after the race. Um, but Reddick still manages to get seventh place, um, is able to surpass Austin Dillon in the playoff standings and get in. Get I, Well, technically, he got the, the final spot. But I think the way it's set up, he will be seated 15th. So actually, Kevin Harvick, um, who surprisingly did not get a win this season, um, but he's he still accumulated, accumulated enough points uh is is was in there was in the the final 16 that's coming up starting this week this sunday and yeah so that yeah i i looking at the pictures you're like how the heck did that car finish seventh but that's just how it is that's just that just tells you how many cars were involved and racks got got bumped around all that stuff the winner of the the actual winner of the race was Ryan Blaney. Um, he had already recorded a win uh, in in the season, actually two other wins in the season. So he's set up to be yeah he's set up third in in the playoff standing. So he has a decent advantage. Um, but the biggest advantage is going to come from Kyle Larson. Just how he dominated this, especially the second half of the season, uh, to where he has a twenty eight point advantage over second place Martin Truex Jr. And it's kind of funny because if you look at the rest of the point spread and gaps or advantages that these drivers have accumulated with stage wins or or actual victories during the regular season to to uh, determine how uh, what the, the point margins are. Uh, yeah, you have Martin Truex at number two who's only – 22 points ahead of Kevin Harvick, who was 16th. So that tells you how good Kyle Larson was to where the gap between one and two is 28 points when the gap from two to 16 is only 22. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's not a, an absolute done deal that say you're Reddick or Harvick at the bottom two that you can't get in. I mean, a win helps for sure. Cause it's, you have three races, in the round of 16, three races in the round of 12, three races in the round of eight, and then you have the championship race between your top four. But if you win a race, so say, I don't know, say Kevin Harvick ends up winning a race in 
one of these next three, he's in the next round. He's in the round of 12 automatically. So a win still very important. But if you continue to put in good results, there's someone in the top 16 is bound to struggle, bound to crash. So positions can definitely change that way. But if you really want to guarantee yourself to move on, you got to win a race. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's um, a super fun playoff uh, format. That's for sure. And, uh, yeah, we'll see um, who will surprise. It'll be interesting to see if Denny Hamlin gets a win finally on the season. I mean, he's been racing really good. He just hasn't gotten to victory lane yet. Uh, good enough to where he's seventh out of the 16 drivers without a win. Um, so, yeah, so he's in the playoff points. He's actually ahead of all the let's see what like seven one win drivers so he's ahead of byron logano kozowski kurt bush michael mcdowell christopher bell eric amarola um without a win so that's that tells you how impressive he's been and he's actually even with alex bowman in points and bowman won three races this year so like i said constant examples of how good hamlin has been um regardless of not getting a victory so maybe finally he can, he can get one but I, I yeah you definitely i think for him he definitely needs to get to get something going um get into victory lane in order to really uh progress far into these playoffs um so yeah so that's it the i think it's darlington is the first race so it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting if i had to pick right now i mean it's tough not to say kyle larson the way he's been driving and especially with his um the 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 lead he has in the points he has room for error too to um be able uh yeah to afford maybe some mistakes uh or whatever but yeah the way he's been driving uh he should and i'm not gonna say easily get into the final race in the top four but it, it's it's yeah i mean he he's he's in a very good position to do so <laughs> So this was kind of surprising is that Cristiano Ronaldo is going back to Manchester United. And I, you know, based on reports and, and news, after knowing Ronaldo was not going to return to Juventus and, and play in Syria, uh, it seemed like Manchester City was going to be the destination for him. Uh, kind of a no-brainer there wasn't really any it was either man city or it was going to go back to juventus so yeah it, it almost seemed like a done deal and they were just kind of going to rework it and then eventually we'll get the news but out of nowhere manchester united swoops in gets ronaldo and i think the details in u.s dollars it was a 17.7 million dollar deal and then uh, 9.5 million in add-ons or incentives, whatever you want to call it. So pretty lucrative deal. I mean, I, to me that for Ronaldo, that seems kind of cheap, right? But I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure, but, um, I think at this point in career, that's still like super lucrative. And of course he's making a ton of money with endorsements, social media, all that added in. So I, obviously he's in, he's in good shape. But um, yeah, anyway, I, this is going to be improved Man United for sure. I mean, early on, we're, what, three matches played out of 38 for the, the whole season to where uh, this Premier League season is going to end next spring. So there's still a 
ton of games to be played, a lot of season left. But Manchester United sitting third, the standings have, I mean, the the threat for them to um, contend with a Man City or a Liverpool, uh, maybe even a Chelsea, that, that, that's gone up to another level. Um, so they're going to be very competitive. I They're definitely going to stay in the top four, I believe, to where they earn that Champions League group group stage spot for the following season. And, but the thing, I mean, to, to go away from Ronaldo and Manchester United, the thing that shocked me just looking at these standings is the fact that Arsenal is dead last. They've lost their first three matches of the season. I think all of them, well, not sorry, not all of them, but uh, yeah, they've scored zero goals have given up nine and this was this was a team that i believe won their last five in in the primary league last season they won their last five games i think they finished eighth in the standings so i don't know what the heck is going on but um it's not good and like i said though it's i mean we're only three games in at a 38 um so they could very well get out of that relegation zone um considering yeah they're still (laughs) um three points behind a win basically behind 12th place Watford. so i wouldn't be hitting the absolute panic button but if arsenal has hopes of making say the champions league or the europa league for for next season uh, that is is starting to go downhill pretty quick, um, but yeah. If I'm just looking at overall, you know, you could you could say it's a shocker that Man City is in seventh right now, but then you got to realize they're only three points behind first place Tottenham. Um, and if you're looking at goal differential, Man City actually leads goal differential by what at least four goals at, over the second best team or, or teams. So I think everything is going to line up well for Man City. I think they just had like a a freak loss to, I mean, who did they lose to? Oh, there we go, Tottenham. 